Hello, you're listening to the Let's Talk Future podcast series presented by Oppenheimer. If you're interested in the economy, markets, and investing in general, you've come to the right place. This series was created to fascinate and enlighten every type of investor. Curious about the latest consumer trends? How about innovations in healthcare or technology? The Let's Talk Future series definitely has you covered. Through timely and relevant conversations, we deliver some of the best thought leadership in the financial services industry. Our renowned hosts and guests explore big questions and big ideas and leave you with actionable insights. In this episode, our guest is Rupak Pati, Managing Director of Travel Technology Investment Banking at Oppenheimer. And our host is Joan Khoury, Managing Director and Chief Marketing Officer. This episode was recorded on May 3rd, 2022. Thank you for joining us. Travel is back. What's changed and what has remained the same? We are in an endemic environment in the U.S., which is certainly welcome, but we still face headwinds. Inflation, geopolitical uncertainties, and the lingering effects of the pandemic in other parts of the world, to name a few. And yet, travel of all forms is back. To help us understand the landscape, the trends, and investment opportunities, I'm joined by Rupak Patty. Rupak is an investment banker with an interesting background. He has helped digital travel companies access the capital markets. Earlier in his career, he was on the client side in corporate development as many of the travel tech platforms came into existence. Trafalgo, as an example. And finally, to understand the work-life travel trend during the past 12 months or so, During the pandemic, Rupak has lived in about 25 different places in California. Welcome, Rupak. Thank you, Jen. So, Rupak, let's talk about the state of travel. Despite all of the research we're seeing, it looks like a very bullish summer. That's what we're seeing throughout the industry. Metrics are moving up and to the right. Everything is looking great going to this summer. We're seeing on the vacation rental side, occupancies are staying very high. Average daily rates are staying very high. On the flight side, U.S. flight levels are just 5% below where they were at this time in 2019 in the U.S. In Europe, you're seeing them about 15% below where they were in 2019, but we're quickly approaching pre-pandemic levels. And then As you look at the hotel landscape, if you look at the average daily rate for U.S. hotels, they're actually above any point that they've been since January 2020. So the numbers are looking really, really positive. So with all of that as backdrop, talk to us about the trends. Tell us what's changing in travel, how people are approaching it, and ultimately how that leads to to companies and new offerings. Yeah, so we're seeing a lot of different trends pop coming up. I think You know, one of the biggest is the results of going from a fully remote workplace to now a hybrid workplace. And you're seeing people change how they're thinking about their business and leisure travel. Previously, people considered those largely separate. You saw a little bit of the blending, the leisure trend was growing, but it's nothing like what we're seeing and what we're expecting to see in the coming months and years. The average person who would go on a corporate travel trip would think, okay, this is my trip. I'm going and I'm going to come back and go back to the office. Now, there's no reason not to add on an extra day or two to see family. And that's not necessarily just Saturday or Sunday. That could be four days that you're adding on. 
Also, when you're going on a leisure trip, the thought is, oh, well, you know what? Let me add on a couple of days for corporate travel as well onto that. So I was thinking about doing that on my vacation coming up next week. And I thought, hey, I'm going for a week to Europe. I don't know the next time I'm going to be in Europe. Why not add on a couple of days for a couple of work meetings? And so they're starting to blend. I think it's an, it's an exciting trend because it makes us that much more productive. Not only that are we adding work onto our play, but also we're able to work much more effectively than we previously when we're on vacation. And along with that trend, we're seeing companies have a different kind of offering. And you and I chatted about this. The fact that when you go on vacation, you also want these authentic experiences. You don't want, you want something different. You really want to experience culture. So talk to us a little bit about that trend. It's just fascinating. Certainly. One thing that's important to note here is that people have more time on these trips. And so what used to be a three or four day trip is now a seven to 10 day trip because you can now take a couple of those days and, and work from anywhere. And so you want to take those experiences and take them to the next level as well. So you have the ability to have twice as many or three times as many experiences as you would during your typical vacation previously. People are looking for more bespoke experiences, just like they're looking for more bespoke accommodations. And so we've seen a huge rise in vacation rentals of people are looking to stay unique properties. Uh, unique destinations, and they're looking for unique amenities. The same way they're looking for that same thing in the restaurants they go to, or more broadly, where they decide to eat. And I say that because we're seeing emergence of the ability to eat at people's homes. People are inviting people who are new to their country or new to their city in to come and go shopping with them at the market and dine and have a truly authentic meal cooked by a family or by a grandmother who lives in that destination. We're also seeing people who are looking for bespoke experiences as far as they want to go surfing with a surf guide, or they want to go canoeing, and they're, they're picking the one-person shop rather than the big, big box type of store equivalent in the activity space. So we're seeing less of the city tours and much more the walking tour by a guide who, who's been living there for the last 20 years. And I understand food is very important in how you think about travel. Yes, yes. Food drives a lot of my travel, to be honest. And going on a trip next week to go to Copenhagen, and that, that trip was planned specifically around one lunch that a bunch of college friends and I planned three years ago. It got postponed because of the pandemic, but we are going to Noma for lunch. I'm super excited. Oh, you'll have to tell us all about that. So authentic experiences. How do larger companies... How are they able to find and source and scale this as we think of the companies and the investment opportunities and the new types of companies that are trying to bring that to market? So one thing that a lot of the larger players have done very well is plugging into new supply. And that's been one of the reasons why Booking and Expedia have done really, really well. They've really focused on expanding that supply base, you know, and, and they make that supply base available to third parties in certain cases as well. And so... The entire industry is becoming more and more connected over time. We're seeing the same thing happen across all different verticals. And so vacation rentals went from more of a listing-based service to the OTAs actually making them instantly bookable in many cases at this point across multiple different platforms. You'll see the same thing in activities. And in activities, what you're saying is you have certain large unicorns in space who are distribution platforms of these activities, and they continue to bring on supply and they're doing it through multiple methods. In some cases, they're going out there and they have their teams going aggregating that supply. In other cases, there's companies that are plugging into them directly, providing software that allows for calendaring, for booking appointments, for taking payments, all these different services, and also are making those activities now more online bookable than ever. 
Talk a little bit about the adoption of mobile in terms of actually booking a trip. It used to be that they would go look online, but now you're seeing, I think, more of a proliferation of using a mobile phone as well. Yes, yes. We're certainly seeing that. And, you know, it's first started with people looking at their phone and thinking, okay, this could be a great way to start searching for where I want to go. But they'd ultimately book on their desktop. And, and 10 years ago, when I was Expedia, we were starting to think about, okay, what, what does that look like? What will that journey look like over time? And fast forward to now, and, and a lot of people are using their phone to book hotels last minute after they've arrived in their destination. So you'll, you'll see people using hotel the night and say, okay, I need a hotel room in two hours. And that's not unusual. A lot of folks who are particularly Gen Z or millennials are using Hopper to start their flight search journey. They're, they're looking on this app and saying, okay, this will tell me when I should buy. This will help me finance that purchase. And it's a really exciting change in the industry where, you know, people will always use desktop. People will always use historical platforms that they're loyal to, but there is the emergence of new platforms as well, which is very exciting. Talk a little bit about the millennial traveler. Yes, the, the millennial traveler is, is looking for something a bit different. You know, they're, they're cost conscious, certainly, but they're looking for bespoke experiences beyond anything else. And some of those millennial travelers have gone from, you know, the historical traveler who is going with their family or even maybe alone for a week to go somewhere and, and experience culture to say, hey, maybe I'll travel for a year and maybe I'll string together six different countries, right? I've got friends who will actually do one or two days per country and in a week we'll go to four countries. And so they're looking to get the most out of each experience and they're looking to move quickly. And so, you know, what you need to offer the millennial travel is a little bit different because when they're in destination, they're not necessarily staying at the hotel with a bunch of tourists and then saying, okay, I'm going to go outside of that accommodation once or twice a day to experience culture. They want to experience culture where they're staying and in every single moment throughout their time in whatever destination they're in. A great example of a company that's matching that trend is Selena. We announced a transaction with Selena just last week. And, you know, what's exciting about what they're doing is they're bringing that community into your stay. And so their accommodations not only provide you with a bed to sleep in, they have food and beverage there and they have culture brought into that hotel. And so when you're going to stay at Selena, you're actually going to see people who live locally who are coming there anyway just to hang out, to spend their time, because that's a great experience that they can have day to day when they're going out with their friends. And so when you go and stay to Selena, you're interacting with people who live there, who are excited about the place you're deciding to stay. And what's really fascinating is they track the stat of how many people who stay to Selena make a new friend, which is really exciting because that really taps into how many millennials and Gen Z travelers are thinking about their future travel. That's very interesting, sort of building travel community. So staying on that for a moment, talk to us a little bit about sustainability as sort of a travel trend and how people are thinking about their carbon footprint. So this also taps into the, the broader travel landscape, but it's particularly important to, I think, the Gen Z and millennial traveler who has spent much of their time growing up hearing about climate change. And so, you know, with research reports, you're seeing ESG metrics brought in. Same thing you're seeing with corporate travel and leisure travel. People are focused on what is the impact of each action I'm taking? Am I able to reduce my carbon footprint? And, you know, corporations are, are taking notice. The employers of the, these people who are thinking in this way, who are focused on this, have to take notice and have to cater to what their employees want. And so the, the corporations are thinking about what is the carbon footprint of this sales kickoff, of this offsite that we're having? How can we optimize the destination which we choose 
not just for cost, but also for the lowest carbon footprint. So I, I think it's going to play more and more of a part in, in the way people think about travel. So let's shift gears and talk about corporate travel and how corporate travel is being thought about in, and the kind of the difference in the purpose of corporate travel. What we've all experienced uh, to some degree is separation from those we work with, right? And and that's led to certain things like the Great Resignation, which has had a huge impact across all industries during the pandemic. And so you know, to kind of reverse that, you need to get people together. They need to know who they're working with. They need to know them beyond just a Zoom call. And so a lot of travel right now is trying to get people back together. You can get people back together in office, but you also want to allow them to experience some of the flexibility they've had during the pandemic and allow them to have a hybrid work style. And so you have to be very intentional about getting people together, having shared experiences and getting to know each other on a deeper level. And that allows for more productivity as well. And so as we're seeing that travel build, and especially as we're exiting a pandemic and entering into an endemic, a lot of travel is focused on, okay, how do we pick an exciting destination and have activities that bring people together and have some content, but really figure out how to have our teams bond again to create the new normal. And so it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how people are going about that. I've touched on the intra-company intra travel where you're thinking about how do you get everyone together, but also how do you get industry together, right? You move from intra-company to inter-company, and so you have people getting together more so at conferences. Now, in our industry, get deals done, but now the thirst for conferences, the thirst for getting together is higher than ever. And so we at Oppenheimer are starting to build more events around conferences. We actually, at the last travel conference we attended in November, we rented a yacht and invited 50 of our closest friends to come spend that time with us for three hours on that yacht. And just to spark interesting conversations and have an experience that's not necessarily surrounded by booths or surrounded by content, but rather just surrounded by personal connections. Yes, getting back together and having personal connection. Speaking of yachts, the cruise industry. So the cruise industry seems to be completely back. Tell us what you know about that sector. Yes, cruises are back and people love cruises. People have always loved cruises. I think there was some fear around cruises naturally during the pandemic because during a time there's any kind of highly contagious virus out there, people start to say, okay, I don't want to be in close quarters, right? That's a temporary occurrence. But now that we're exiting the pandemic and entering the endemic, which I love to say because it's super, super exciting. Cruises are back, right? And there is all kinds of estimates of 100% utilization of ships from many of the large players. And so, you know, cruises will sail and people are going to have a great time this summer. And we're going to see that across large cruises that are, you know, thousands of people and, and week long. And you're also going to see that around river cruises and higher end luxury cruises. So, you know, I think across that industry, we've already started to see things pick up. And I think that's just going to continue throughout the year and next year. Wonderful. Well, travel is back. And I think everyone who is listening to this conversation today, if you haven't already planned your vacation, please do that. Even probably out into next year, because there is quite a bit of demand for travel of all forms. I have a couple of speed questions for you. So I would like to know the favorite place that you've ever visited and why. Yes, my favorite place I've ever visited is Amsterdam for a number of reasons. But the reason I always cite to friends is it's a place I've been where you can get the most variety of toppings on your pancake, which is pretty phenomenal. Um, so I, I have a lot of reasons I like Amsterdam, but that's one that's very unique. I will also note on your last point, I've got my next 28 flights planned out already. 
with four international trips. So I'm going to be one of those that's traveling. Awesome. Well, speaking of that, tell us the country that you are most excited to visit. I'm very excited to visit Japan and Australia. Neither one I've been to before, but I've heard great things from friends and I'm hoping to go within the next 18 months. Wonderful. Last question. What is your favorite thing to do when you're on holiday or visiting a new place for the first time? Well, based on what I've said so far, this response will not be surprising. Experience the local food. Always. So thank you so much, Rupak. We do appreciate you coming on the show today, giving us your insight into travel. It is an interesting sector with lots of opportunity for investing and lots of opportunity for new ways to travel and trends that these companies are taking advantage of. So thank you so much. Thank you, John. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Future. We know your podcast listening options are endless, so we're glad you're spending time with us. Don't miss out on our next episode. And remember to subscribe today. Join our community to expand your thoughts on business, the markets, and the dynamic forces affecting them. It's time to talk future.